Hi there, and welcome back to the Blockchain Economy News from the Crypto Assets Institute. I'm your host, Ethan Pierce. Today we have the wonderful opportunity to speak with Corbin Page, head of product at Codify, Consensus's blockchain platform for commerce and finance. Over the next 30 minutes, we will hear about what Codify is up to in decentralized finance and discuss stablecoins, decentralized exchanges, cross-chain liquidity, blockchain hacks and risk management, the MetaMask wallet and their early adopter program for institutions and professional traders, Codify's Activate service and Filecoin, as well as opportunities to come in DeFi. Welcome back to the blockchain economy. I am your host, Ethan Pierce, and today I am super excited uh, to have an in-depth discussion about decentralized finance with Corbin Page, head of product at Consensus Codify. Hi, Corbin. Hi, Ethan. Super excited to be here today. Um, I think this podcast couldn't be any better timed with everything that's going on in the DeFi sector. Consensus is is arguably the the leading Ethereum uh, software company with a robust product suite supporting billions of blockchain-based queries and billions of dollars in digital assets. Part of that product offering, Codify, is branded uh, as the blockchain operating system for global commerce and finance. So just as a little background for people who who, who know Consensus but may not Codify, um, you recently released a, a DeFi in 2020 report, as well as a, a really great webinar that went over much of that research and analysis in detail. I will include those links in the podcast description, but I'd like to use the report to guide a few of my first questions about the current state of DeFi and Consensus's role in the growth of the DeFi ecosystem. So similar to the overview of the webinar, I thought we could talk about recent statistics, trends in DeFi, where you see things going in 2021. Then we could address Codify's product offerings and roadmap, highlighting the recent announcements around MetaMask and Filecoin. That sounds great. Great. First, though, I thought we could get to know you just a little bit more. And before we dive into today's subject, I was doing my research and I saw that congratulations are in order because you got married this summer. I did. I did. Yeah, my wife and I took the opportunity to uh, push along a lot of life events during the, the COVID quarantine. That had to be a challenge, uh, figuring out a wedding and, and making that work in, in the context of social distancing and, and things like that. Uh, it was a heavy lift. Um, but we're we're excited to be on the other side of it at this point. Well, congratulations! I, uh, that that's fantastic. It's always happy news is 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 welcome. Uh, I think in these times. Uh, I also saw on Instagram that you are the proud new papa of a Frenchton puppy. Is that right? Oh my gosh! Uh, other than DeFi, this is probably my other favorite topic. Um, yes, I've got <laughs> a little uh, Frenchton puppy, half French bulldog, half Boston terrier. She's sitting right here next to me, and uh, she she's my joy. I love it. So I, I had, uh, I'm based in Paris. So anything French always kind of attracts my attention as an American in, in France. And I'd never seen it before. Uh, you know, I'd seen dogs that kind of look like it, but I think it might actually be the cutest dog I've ever seen. So uh, as I'm in Paris, I think I'm going to have to do a little bit more uh, research into this little French guy. Um, well, recommend for my end. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, so let's dive in. Uh, you've been with Consensus since 2017. Uh, you were a product manager at Consensus, and then you spun out, founded uh, Meridio, which is a platform for tokenizing real estate investments. Um, you're now back at Consensus as head of product for Codify. Uh, what's your mission in that role? How would you kind of explain that that process of, of those different roles and then where you're at now, what you do? Yeah, thanks, Ethan. Thanks so much. Um, you know, backing up just a little bit, before I even joined Consensus, I spent about four years at two large hedge funds. I was at Bridgewater for a bit and then Millennium for a while. And that's really where my interest on, in blockchain and decentralized finance kind of picked up. 
Um, you know, we were working with all these very thorny trading data risk problems um, at, especially at Millennium, and you know, a single ledger where you have you know real time settlement and kind of the the golden source of data just made so much more sense, right? This was going to be the financial infrastructure for um, the the new internet economy. So, you know, I got absolutely obsessed. I went down the rabbit hole, as you say. Uh, and I, I joined Consensus in, in very early 2017, um, before any of the ICO or token launch craze um, really picked up. Um, came on then and uh, had, had a bunch of interesting projects. We were doing a lot of work in Dubai and advising governments around the world how blockchain was going to um, affect their economies. Um, I focused specifically on um, the real estate domain. So that brought us pretty quickly to security tokens and how can we share fractionalized ownership in real estate. Right? How can you democratize real estate and give everybody a slice to, you know, the, the one of the biggest asset classes on the planet and probably our most important asset class? So, um, you know, I was lucky enough. Uh, Joe Lubin um, backed myself and my co-founder to create Meridio, which was one of the first platforms to launch security tokens backed by real estate um, in 2017. Um, I, I think back because we've come such a long way since then. It doesn't um, seem like a long time, three years, but it is amazing how much has been covered in that amount of time. It's it's unreal. I mean, obviously the crypto space moves um, at light speed, but you know, on the product side, like I think of the things that took us, you know, six months to build back in those days, and they take six days now, right? The developer tooling, the other tools in the ecosystem, things that allow you to deploy these decentralized applications quicker. Um, we've mature, you know, we've gone from one to a hundred x in that time, and the the ability to you know produce these killer applications. So. Um, unfortunately, Meridio was a little bit before its time. Um, the security token um, ecosystem is still, you know, even ramping up today. Um, and so we merged back into Consensus and joined the, and created this new group called Codify. So Consensus kind of put a bunch of these uh, finance-focused projects together and created this Codify group. Um, we made a very, very early bet that decentralized finance was going to be the major topic in these permission blockchains um, going forward. Um, this term DeFi gets thrown out quite a bit. Um, decentralized finance, the, the way I describe it is just a financial application built on top of blockchain or Web3 uh, rails, right? Any type of finance application, you can think of Venmo, you can think of the applications on your phone, any fintech application, you can also build on blockchain. And that's what we call DeFi today. And it's this, this very growing sector. So why do you think we need decentralized finance? Uh, what's wrong with centralized finance? Yeah, so so it's interesting. Um, the analogy I always give is uh, to the media industry, right? Um, crypto and Web three are always compared to the '90s internet days and how kind of that uh, that movement evolved. And you know, with the internet, like we have the ability to spread information incredibly easy, right? You had you know the big broadcasting companies back in the '90s, and that's you know that's led to YouTube and uh, our social channels and. All these different ways today, including this podcast, right? You can disseminate information just so much more freely than you could way back then. And that's all thanks to the internet. I think with blockchain, you're seeing the exact same thing from a financial standpoint, right? You used to have the old guard, um, the large banks, um, the big asset managers, um, the big market makers who were actually the ones that were, were doing all the financial activity, right? Um, you, know, you had to go through them from a regulatory standpoint. They also knew how to do it best. But with Blockchain, starting with Bitcoin, moving on to Ethereum, and now even other projects, um, anybody has access to those types of services. Anybody can be their own bank by you know, creating their own self-hosted wallet, right? 
peer-to-peer payments don't have to go through a banking institution now. You can send you know, from Corbin to Ethan right away um, over the crypto rails. And now with decentralized finance, you even are seeing us go up the stack. We, we've done payments, we've done currency, and now you're getting higher level financial services like lending, borrowing, market making, insurance, risk management. Um, every type of financial service is gonna have an equivalent on the blockchain rails, and it's just much faster, much cheaper, um, and much fairer to execute within these uh, this new technology stack. And there's a great visual on that in the DeFi report that you can't build a Spotify with physical CDs, uh, you can't build Google with physical books. Uh, what are the building blocks that we need to manufacture uh, blockchain-based financial products moving forward then? That's a great question. Um, I think even if we look back uh, and reflect over, say, the past three years, we've started to see those first building blocks um, fall into place. Um, the biggest one that I always say is stable coins, right? Uh, especially a couple of years ago, you know, if I wanted to send Ethan, I wanted to pay you for a pizza, you know, sending that in Bitcoin or Ethereum was very risky, right? Because you don't know how much you're going to be receiving in three days time. I don't know how much I'm going to be sending to you. These things were just way too volatile. But what we've seen is, you know, with USDC, with MakerDAO's DAI, with even with Tether, all these uh, stable assets allow you to build higher level financial services on top of them because they have price stability, right? We can lock up capital for a long time and, and lend that out in a peer-to-peer fashion, mostly using stable coins because we're not subject to that volatility. So stable coins are a big one. Um, some, I, I kind of always mention this one as well, but the developer tooling has come leaps and bounds over the past few years too. So just the ability to stand up a Venmo-like application or the ability to stand up a Robinhood-type application has gone from you know probably years time frame back then to months and weeks and hackathons at this point. So developer tooling, things like stable coins, and uh, the last one I would say is probably decentralized exchanges. So you're actually seeing the liquidity that's happening on a blockchain rivaling what's happening in centralized institutions like your Coinbase's and your finances of the world. Um, the top decentralized exchanges are actually doing as big a volume month over month as these other institutions. So this liquidity, these stable coins, these developer tools are kind of a flywheel to create all this you know, activity and this ramp up of DeFi that we've seen this year. The, what, what is the current size of the DeFi market, um, the user base, uh, assets under management? Uh, I, I know this changes every single month. Uh, so, you know, uh, by the time this gets out there uh, next week, uh, it, you know, it could be, even, you know, who knows. But, um, but or even like we see Bitcoin's price. I, I, I posted a bunch of social things about, hey, we're at 20K. And then, you know, a day later, I'm like, OK, 23. Like, you know, we're, we're this stuff's moving so fast. Um, it can move fast. But um, and we've definitely seen a ton of movement uh, this summer, uh, just between the summer and now. But really, where are we at right now, just for some numbers? Yeah. So um, a couple of my favorite statistics are, so one that's widely quoted is uh, there's over $16 billion in locked up assets. And what we mean by locked up, that just means like depositing into your bank account, you can deposit into a crypto protocol. And so there's over $16 billion that's been locked up. I think earlier this year, we crossed $1 billion. So you can kind of imagine how that curve is, is, is growing. Um, on the uh, decentralized exchange side, um, I think... You know, there, there are two things that we want to kind of uh, note here is number one, just trading volume and the fact that um, the most popular decentralized exchange, Uniswap, overtook Coinbase trading volumes um, earlier this year, um, month over month. Right. So these decentralized uh, protocols are actually rivaling, you know, 
traditional businesses that are filing, you know, S1s to go public at some point in time. So this is this is um, starting to be, you know, a, a big ecosystem that you can't really uh, ignore. And then the last one that I like to I like to mention is um, uh, Masari has projected that there's going to be over one trillion in just value settlement on Ethereum um, over the course of, of 2020. And I think I actually think value settlement is an underrated statistic because it just it's a it's a really clear indicator of the type of economic activity, whether that's stable coins, whether that's tokens, whether that's security tokens. It encapsulates all that economic activity that's going on on permissionless blockchain. That addresses a lot of what my next question was, but just to round it out, you know, with the decentralized exchanges, swapping, but also things like decentralized lending that we're, we're seeing a lot of movement. Uh, where do you think we're going to see significant growth apart from what you just mentioned uh, in DeFi over the next quarter or two quarters? Oh, man. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> DeFi is growing in all different directions. I think of it as like almost a tree, right? So, you know, we started off with just Ethereum. We started out with um Stable coins at its core, and we've got we've got lending growing quite a bit um, um, to one side. I think uh, I think what you'll see in the lending space is going to be um, more and more projects coming to market, more and more assets getting deposited into these projects. Um, and an emerging trend that we're also following is you're probably going to see more cross-chain li- liquidity. Um, that'll probably be Ethereum and its layer two solutions that allow for faster transactions, better scaling. Um, but then also with you know any kind of emerging DeFi applications on other chains, you're going to see that being able to migrate to Ethereum and migrate back again. Um, for instance, I believe over 4% of all outstanding Bitcoin has been tokenized on Ethereum. So you kind of see that cross-chain movement. Um, along with that, I think DEX volume is going to continue to, to skyrocket. Um, we're seeing the emergence of um, what's called DEX aggregators, which basically view you know, all of the entire blockchain as the exchange, even though there are multiple applications, and then it goes out and finds the best price, you know, for you, for your needs, right? Um, Codify recently shipped um, uh, the swaps feature into MetaMask and being able to search through multiple different venues and find the best price for the user is going to be a a big, big theme as we look forward. Um, The other ones that I'd just quickly mention is... um, Risk management is becoming a big topic. Blockchain hacks happen. We all see them in the news and we all see them on crypto Twitter. Um, and now you're actually seeing protocols you know, gain a lot, a lot of traction that solve that problem, that allow users' funds to be safe even when they are deposited into these uh, you know, sometimes risky smart contracts. I love whenever uh, a discussion goes where my questions might uh, had already potentially wanted to go. Um, it, it makes it so much easier. And uh, on that point, MetaMask um, is you know the tool that uh, a tremendous amount of people use in order to interface with DeFi applications. Uh, there's a couple different news topics there that you guys uh, have have published recently about some some cool new features and functions. Uh, but you mentioned Uniswap uh, on the subject of swapping um, that word. Uh, that maybe not everybody understands. Could you explain a little bit about how that works in MetaMask? And and there, there was a recent announcement about you know that the functionality of that in MetaMask. Maybe a little bit of detail on that. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, you know, some folks might be familiar with like the Coinbase application or you know any other interface where you can go on there and you know either exchange your U.S. dollars, your euros for cryptocurrency, or actually trade between cryptocurrencies. Right, so you want you have Bitcoin on one side, and you want to buy some ETH, Ether, um, or you want to you know try a new token like Filecoin, which launched earlier this year. So 
You can do that through through Coinbase, but then you can also do that on top of a decentralized exchange, um, which is you know built straight into the blockchain. Consensus has um, actually the number one Ethereum wallet in the space. MetaMask has over you know a monthly act uh, a million monthly active users, um, and they, that's the primary interface that users uh, use to kind of go out and you know trade on Uniswap to uh, to trade on any of these these trading venues or into lending applications. Um, but today they had to know, they had to know how to go to the website, right? They know they had to know how to set up their wallet. They had to sign these transactions. It's always a little bit of a clunky user flow. And so my team at Consensus Codify partnered with MetaMask to integrate our markets API um, natively into that product. So our markets API actually does all that work for you, right? We go out to Uniswap, uh, Paraswap, 0x, Airswap, all these different trading venues, and we find all the information for you. So if you're a more casual user, you don't have to worry about you know, keeping up with crypto Twitter and knowing the latest place that you want to trade. We do all that for you in the background, and we get you the best price for the token swap, whatever that might be. It might be wrapped Bitcoin to Ethereum. It might be Ethereum to a stablecoin. We go out and find that best price for you and serve that up directly in the MetaMask wallet so you don't have to be one of these, you know, super user DeFi folks um, to get the best price in the market. The um, You mentioned risk management as one of the places that you see a lot of growth, uh, definitely for institutionals that are wanting to get into crypto assets. Um, they have their own fiduciary responsibilities. They potentially have regulatory issues they have to deal with. Once those um, are dealt with, they they need robust tools to work in that space. So one of the new uh, one of the announcements that was that was recent with MetaMask as well was that you're going to be launching uh, tools for funds, custodians, professional traders uh, to work in DeFi. Uh, what would you like to tell us about the new offer? Yeah, so we're we're really excited about uh, we're calling it kind of the MetaMask Early Adopter Program for institutions. Um, you know, if we talk about this growth that we've seen this past year. Um, a bigger and bigger slice of that activity is actually being done by professionals, right? Uh, crypto funds, um, prop traders, uh, you know, folks that actually run, you know, a, kind of a, a proper trading desk and are starting to deploy capital in this space. Um, and they don't have a great tool set, right? I, I worked at Millennium for years and, you know, they were absolutely top notch tools in that space for those folks. And we're starting to see the need for equivalent tools uh, in the DeFi space. So MetaMask is um, MetaMask. Uh, we're calling it MetaMask Institutional, or um, kind of uh, still workshopping the name there. But it's basically a set of MetaMask uh, features that are geared specifically towards these pro traders. Right? They want tight integration with their custody providers. They're already using MetaMask today, but they want better security with the places where they're storing their private keys already. So we announced um, a partnership with Curve, which we're super excited about. Um, they already had, you know, really ambitious plans in the DeFi space, and so it, so it made sense for um, to get their customers onboarded um, first into the MetaMask Early Adopter Program. So they'll be able to trade through MetaMask or do any crypto transaction through MetaMask, um, but using their private keys that are stored on Curve. Um, so it's much uh, it's a much better security setup than um, you know storing private keys in your browser or even using a ledger on your desk, right? Um, along with better security, you also have better risk management and better compliance. So, for instance, you know if you go to a website, you know you think it's you think it's the real Uniswap, and you're thinking about you know executing a big position. Um, we have checks in the middle that make sure you're interacting with the right smart contract. 
Um, if we look at some of the, the hacks and issues that have occurred in DeFi earlier this year, one of the issues is people are sending you know, uh, transactions to the wrong address, right? Um, it's, it's doing something that they don't believe it should be doing. Um, and so if you insert kind of a middle step there and you're checking uh, smart contract addresses, you're checking the transaction payload, you can mitigate that risk significantly. And that's another important feature for these firms to deploy more capital in the DeFi space. That's great. Uh, so uh, if interested parties, uh, for, if they're professional traders or institutionals, they want more information, they can go to metamask.io and there's an institutional link where they can request more information on that. So uh, while we're waiting on the new name, um, they can go there and, and, and send you their info and, and find out more. Uh, Codify Activate uh, supported Filecoin's mainnet launch uh, in October. Uh, and two new offerings around that, Filecoin Storage and Filecoin DeFi Bridge. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about those? Absolutely, absolutely. I think I, I'm gonna start high level and then we'll go into our specific offerings. Um, you know, when we take a step back, we look at the entire crypto industry. I think any kind of technology wave has an accompanying uh, business model innovation that kind of goes along with it, right? You had, you know, cloud software with uh, Salesforce, you had, you know, the ride-sharing Uber craze uh, that, you know, occurred about a decade ago. Um, for crypto, those are token-based business models, right? So these are, these are methods for rewarding your users and building up networks effect faster than you've ever seen, right? Um, we've seen, you know, applications, exchanges, things growing on crypto faster than anywhere else because these flywheel, flywheels of token-based network effects. For our offering with Activate, we work with crypto projects to create that network effect, right? We take you from zero to 100 in no time, right? That could be anything from um, helping with a token launch in some form. That could be building tools to spur along the ecosystem. That could be assisting with the governance process because along with these token-based incentives, you also have this community that is actively participating and you know, administrating the protocol. Right. So all across all these different things, networks need help. Right. This is a very early space. So with Filecoin specifically, they came to us. They were having their mainnet launch um, in, the, in the next few months back then. And they said, hey, there are a couple things that we really want to do, you know, but we don't have the resources. Right. We, we have to get uh, we have to get our mainnet out. Um, and so Codify worked with them on the two applications you mentioned. Um, the first is the storage market which allows you to get the best price for hosting any type of website or content that you want to. Imagine if you're creating a website today and Azure and AWS and you know, any other um, hosting provider is bidding for your work, right? Like we, we want to get you know, your new killer app hosted. You know, here's the best price we can offer. You know, Azure sees that and they try to match it. And there's this kind of back and forth. So you actually end up with the best price for that end consumer that wants to get their content hosted. Um, that's built into Filecoin. And with the storage market, you actually have the best data about those prices, right? So you can actually see all the different offerings from these different storage providers um, and make the best decision for your needs. Um, that one's available at storage.codify.network. So I encourage folks to check it out. Um, and the DeFi bridge is the, the second application that we've launched, which is really interesting. Um, we talked about this, this concept of cross-chain liquidity coming more and more um, in DeFi as we, we look forward. Um, and this is a great example of it. So with the DeFi bridge, you have Filecoin that's native on the Filecoin network. You know, you can store content, you can upload websites, you can do anything you want over there and build new social media sites. Um, and with Ethereum, we have this new 
parallel financial system that's being created with all this economic activity that, that I mentioned earlier. With the DeFi bridge, you can take your native Filecoin, you can put it in a wrapped version of Filecoin on Ethereum so it can get access to those lending services, those borrowing services, those decentralized exchanges. So we worked with REN Protocol, which is one of the, you know, one of the top cross-bridge projects today. And we have a wonderful application where you can go through, um, wrap your asset onto Ethereum, and then in early next year, you're actually going to be able to deposit that into a lending and borrowing market right away. So if you're a Filecoin holder, you're going to be able to bridge your asset and then get a yield on your return, which is something that a lot of folks are interested in. And if you're a Filecoin storage provider, you can actually borrow from these DeFi markets, convert it back into Filecoin and run more mining operations. The uh, well, I appreciate the tour uh, and the high level view, but also uh, the offering there. It's you guys have been busy uh, this summer, um, lots of cool things. I expect to hear even more busyness coming out in Q1 and Q2 of all kinds uh, of, of new offers and new tools. Uh, two quick questions just to close out our, our, our time together here. Um, maybe what is your favorite DeFi resource or book or website where people can self educate and go to, to learn uh, more? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, our space is, is moving so rapidly, you know, the, the number of sources is, is always kind of changing. Um, a couple of my favorite, you know, I have to give a shout out for, for Codify uh, Academy. They do a fantastic job of, you know, explaining it in much simpler terms than I will on kind of what is DeFi, how can you start, how can you dip your toe into the water. I also particularly like um, data sources like uh, DeFi Pulse. Um, Masari's year-end report has covered the DeFi space really, really well. Um, and then, um, you know, uh, the podcast circuit, including this one is incredibly popular. So there are a number of crypto podcasts that will help you get from, from zero to 60, 60, um, quite quickly. Great. And based on your experience building uh, Meridio and, and now at Codify, do you have any advice for up and coming, uh, DeFi entrepreneurs? Uh, I would say start now, um, start now. <laughs> Uh, that would be my, my biggest piece of advice. So, you know, as we know, crypto and blockchain moves in cycles, right? Um, and they're, they're multi-year cycles and there's, there are these periods of just, you know, massive amount of attention, amount of developers, amount of capital that flow into the ecosystem. And you want to, of course, time your project with these, you know, large, large waves. And so as we're kind of already seeing right now, um, I think crypto and blockchain space is currently going through one if we look at, you know, um, any type of metric across the board. And so for DeFi entrepreneurs, get started today, right? Start uh, start playing around, go to a hackathon, start talking to your users uh, and figure out, you know, what's going to be that next killer app in the space. I think that's great. The I get a lot of um, questions around, you know, did I miss out on the opportunity with Bitcoin or with cryptocurrencies or as an entrepreneur, have I kind of missed the opportunity to, to get established in the space and build amazing things? And what is incredible is how much growth there has been from a few years ago till now, but we're still in front of the majority of everything that has to be, I mean, built and and scaled. We're still building the tools. We're still, you know, everything is still the early or first versions of things. Um, not to say that that's not amazing because we're incredible things are coming out now, robust solutions that enterprise and institutionals can, uh, can, can now embrace and work with. The regulatory environment has moved forward in a way where we can do so much more now. But yeah, I think if people are getting excited about this topic, uh, 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 getting started now is still very viable. Um, 
and advisable uh, because other people are going to want to get excited about this too and get started as well. So it's it's definitely the time. Uh, well, I, this has been a pleasure, Corbin. I appreciate you taking the time to, to share with us uh, what you're working on and, and how things are going. And I look forward to hearing uh, uh, new updates as we move forward. Thanks so much, Ethan. It's been a blast. Great. Thanks. Take care. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of The Blockchain Economy. If so, please subscribe to the newsletter and full podcast at cryptoassets.substack.com and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. A kind review and a share is always appreciated. We will also be covering these interviews and blockchain news on Clubhouse, so feel free to connect with me there as well. To be updated on new releases, you can follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn at Ethan Pierce. That's E-T-H-A-N-P-I-E-R-S-E. Let me know if there are guests that you would like for me to invite onto the interview podcast or topics that you would like covered in the weekly news updates. And as always, thank you for listening and see you next time.